as I was saying, we just got back from kids camp yesterday. All of the adults, I'm sure, are exhausted. Um, all the kids, probably not so much because, you know, they're kids. Um, <laughs> but it was a wonderful time, uh, just a time to worship, a time to learn about the call of God, how we are all called um, as children. When we are called, um, we are his. And so uh, we have this opportunity to worship together, to worship in a, a multi-generational aspect. Um, and so we, we invited all the kids up here to, uh, to share a little bit of what they did at camp. Um, and so we're going to have some motions going on. Um, and I would love to see you guys out there doing the motions too. Um, so we got two lovely helpers here to, uh, to show you what to do and how to do it. And if you feel like uh, worshiping the way these kids are going to be worshiping, then by all means, go for it. Um, but let's stand as we open and worship with the glorious day. I was buried beneath my shame. Who could carry that kind of weight? It was my turn till I met you. I was breathing, but not alive. My failures I tried to hide It was
Amen. You may be seated. All righty. Kiddos, if y'all want to go ahead, you can take a seat on uh, in the pews. Join your families. Join parents. We'd like to welcome you here this morning uh, to Faith Family Fellowship. So my name is Matthew, one of the pastors here. And uh, as, as Alex was just saying, just wrapped up Kids Camp. Uh, just wrapped up this week. Had a fantastic time in Scripture together, playing together, and uh, looking at God's call, how He has called people. Scripturally, we see that He called uh, again and again and again from beginning to end. He specifically called people and sent them to do something, assigned them something to do, called to salvation. We see as Jesus called His disciples, called them to follow Him. And he issues generally a call to us to follow him, to listen to him, and specifically a call to grace, a call to salvation, to trust in Christ. And so that is our hope this morning as we gather together that you would hear him. You would hear him in his word. You would hear him uh, in what he has said, that he has given his life. Jesus came and gave his life for the world and for people like you and like me, that we would be forgiven of our sins and that we would be healed from our sin, from destruction, and given life in Christ. So, that is why we gather. That is why we went uh, up to Citronelle and gathered together for a few days, is because of Christ, because of Him. And so, He is who we are here for, here to hear about, and to come to. Okay? So, if you're a visitor... We're, we're so thrilled you're here with us. There should be a card right in front of you. Would, uh, would greatly appreciate it if you would take that. Just share some information with us. We won't pester you or hound you or anything like that. Just want to reach out to you if we can. See if there's anything we can do for you, pray for you. And uh, just try to meet with you a bit. If, if you'd give us that opportunity and drop that in the offering basket on your way out this morning. And so we have a few ministry opportunities coming up. Uh, this next month, and uh, Miss Daisy McVeigh is going to come share a bit about uh, a few of those. Yep. So I just wanted to give you a quick update on our foster care resource center deposit that Faith Family has given us some space to do um, as we partner with Fostering Together Gulf Coast. And so um, we've been working really hard, and I did want to introduce you just so that you know who to ask questions to. So I'm just going to ask our ladies, um, Beth Wooten is over here. You'll stand up. So if you've got questions can dine to me, but Beth can help you. Where's Jennifer Walker? Jennifer, I saw Jennifer, and Jennifer Strickland is back there, and Nancy Swaggart is right here. All um, so you can ask any of these ladies as well. They've been working really hard to get things finished up, and our goal, you can have, our goal is to have an open house for you guys on July the 31st, and we've got an opportunity this next month. And we told you a few weeks ago, there's, there's only about 55 homes in Baldwin County that are open foster families. There's at least 188 children just in Baldwin County in foster care. I know in the last week there's five to ten more in our county. So you do the math. And a lot of times at Christmas, we tend to remember them to be charitable and to be giving. Well, you saw a Christmas tree out in the foyer. And so we're going to have a bit of a Christmas in July because um, back-to-school time can be a really hard time for foster families that have lots and lots of kids heading back into and if you've seen a school supply list, they're rather long. So by next week, there are going to be lots of lists on that tree. And we encourage you, we ask you to prayerfully consider um, for your family or maybe partnering with another family and going and buying the things on that list. Okay? And every child will probably have two lists because they were long. You can take both, part of it. Um, their name will be on there. It would be really amazing for our church body to write them a letter. Stick it in that backpack, that lunchbox, or get those uniforms. Let them know you're praying for them. Um, let your kids draw them a picture. Going back to school time is a stressful time for any kid, um, but especially a lot of these who are in care. So um, if you would just begin praying about that this week, next week be on the lookout um, for, those, for those items and those lists. If you don't want to go buy the items, they would be glad to take a Walmart gift card, Target gift card, just to help them get these needs so that they're not having to do it all, and it's a really important time for the church to show the world care of kids. It's our responsibility, and so um, thank you guys for um, supporting supporting these families. Let us take a second to tell you about it. 
The, uh, this month we've been memorizing a verse of scripture, and so we are ending very soon. This is it. This is the last Sunday of the month. And so we uh, will be wrapping up 626 in Romans, this, uh, this 623, excuse me. We'll be wrapping this up this morning, and so I hope you have uh, committed it to memory this month, that it will uh, rest in your heart and that it will be something that God will bring up to you and teach and direct you and um, purify you with. So if you would, read with me these, these verses. Verse, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Romans six twenty three. All right, let's pray. Father God, I thank you for this morning. God, I thank you for this opportunity to gather together. God, I thank you that you tell us the truth. That as difficult as it may be to reconcile with and to think on and to consider what the truth is that we have sinned and that we are dead in our trespasses and our sins. And that simply changing the way we define and changing the way we look at things doesn't change the reality of the problem. And that you have told us clearly that our sin produces death. It will kill us. And Father, you have told us the truth that as it produces death, that you are alive and that you have come to fix the death, the sin, to bring to life what is dead, that as our souls are in condemnation, are dead, that you by your spirit apply what Jesus has done to give life. Father God, thank you so much for the free gift of grace in your son Jesus. And that you are redeeming the world. That the things that have gone awry in the fracture and destruction of the fall as sin entered your perfect creation, as sin is spread out and destroyed, that you are not limited and you are the Lord, and that you are bringing about the restoration and the return of all things underneath your feet, underneath the feet of Christ Jesus, that one day every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess to your glory that Jesus Christ is Lord. And so, Father God, may, may that be what happens this morning, that our, our lips would praise you, that our hearts and our souls would be alive because of Christ, and that, God, we, Lord, would bring you glory today and this week and for the rest of our lives, that you would be Lord and that you would be praised through us. So, Father, would you meet us this morning? God, would you speak to us from your word and that, God, Lord, as we hear from you, that you would bring about purifying the purifying work of your word by your spirit in our lives and that, God, what once was would no longer be. And that, Father, we would, Lord, we would put value on things that you value and that, God, we would seek to to be there for the orphan, the widow in their time of distress, that we would go and take care of, Lord, those in need, freely giving as you have freely given us, loving as you have loved us. And so, Father, would you, Lord, be with these families, these foster families, and this opportunity we have to try to give tangible things to express the intangible love of your Son, that, God, you would use us to that end, that, God, you would meet, you would help us to meet those needs, and that, Lord, you would allow us, God, to represent you well, to share of you, to impart your word and your goodness, the gospel to them, Lord, through this, this little, uh, these little gifts. And so, Father, we thank you and ask that, God, you would be with us, you would speak to us, and that, God, you, Lord, would be glorified this morning. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Um, if you look up on the screens.
uh, there's a slide mentioning Joel's retirement lunch. Um, so, the, the, in a minute, uh, we, we want to hear you preach first. Uh, we want to hear the Lord speak through you, is what we want to hear. Um, but he's been serving this church faithfully. Uh, and we're going to have a time to, to celebrate him, um, celebrate what the Lord has done through him, uh, and just thank, thank God for him. Uh, so that'll be directly following uh, this service. And uh, it'll be an opportunity to love on him and uh, to love on Janet for all that they've done for the church. So, uh, let's stand as we continue in worship. Great the chasm that lay between us. How high the mountain I could not climb. In desperation, I turned to heaven and spoke your name into the night. Then through the
Father, we come to you today. God, thankful, so thankful for your sacrifice. Lord, the price that you paid on the cross. Father, sending your son to die for us. 
But Lord, it didn't end there. For Jesus rose again. He is not dead. He is a living God. He is our living hope that we can one day live with you in eternity because of him. On the, de- on the, on the cross, he conquered sin. And when he rose, he conquered death so that we might be able to glorify you for all eternity. So God, help us to cling to that. Father, thank you for the call that you give because we can't come to you without your call. So we are so thankful that you call us to be your children. God, I pray for Pastor Joel as he comes up here to bring the word. God, that you will speak through him like you have so many times before. God, that your words will be heard today, that we will receive them, that we will apply them to our lives. God, use your servant. Father, we love you and we praise you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning. Good to see you. I'm glad we've got a lunch today. Uh, it's uh, we're going to have a lunch in July, and we're going to have a lunch in uh, August. And uh, I just decided we're going to do that. I I think I'm just going to call it off. Just stay, okay? So, nah. Anyway, that wasn't funny. My granddaughters are here to remind me. We're glad they're with us that Pops is not funny. So (laughs) I'll quit trying to be funny. Uh, It it dawned on me this past week that it was uh, 48 years ago and four months uh, when I preached my first sermon. And that was over at uh, uh, Riverside. Um, it was a uh, Nazarene church, even though I was raised Baptist. I, my first sermon was at a Nazarene church uh, down off of Dolphin Island Parkway. And those poor people who had to endure, I, I think it only took me like 10 minutes to preach the message back in those days. <laughs> I, I don't know how to do it anymore. So uh, let me invite you to take your Bibles and turn with me to uh, Isaiah chapter 66. And the title of the message today is Our King. I, uh, I was, uh, I guess, a man of little faith because I never dreamed that I Though I lived to see uh, Roe v. Wade put into a place uh, back in 73, I never dreamed I would see it overturned. And uh, let, me, let me caution uh, the people of God who stand on the right for life for us to give thanks to God for what he has done and to know that uh, there will be many attempts to go a different route so uh, you be much in prayer uh, and uh, n- never be proud or arrogant about uh, the handiwork of God in doing something but brag on God okay so that's all I want to say about that uh, you have your Bibles I'm going to read just two verses to begin with out of Isaiah 66 but we'll kind of look at the whole of the chapter as we talk about him being our king Notice how it begins. It says, Thus says the Lord, Heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. So, what is the house that you would build for me? And what is the place of my rest? And the answers to those questions is there is none. There's no place that can contain God. 
all of these things, and he means everything, everything that you and I see, everything we know about and things we don't know about. He says, all these things my hand has made. God is the creator. Things didn't happen by chance. Uh, it, was, it was interesting. We were watching a, uh, a uh, documentary on Netflix the other day called Colors, and it was about the colors and the animal uh, world. And uh, he taught evolution all the way through it. And, uh, and yet here we had these, uh, uh, one of them was the uh, fancy bird of paradise. Uh, and I was like, wow, it's just so complex. And the colors of it, and it just happened. Uh, but it was interesting. All the colors had to do with a guy finding a gal. I mean, seriously, and I was like, okay, you can't have it both ways, right? Uh, so God says, I made it all, and all these things came to be, declares the Lord. But then he reminds us, out of all that God has made, what is he looking for? But to this one, I will look. The one who is humble, and contrite in heart, and trembles at my word. And so, Father, we want to be men and women, boys and girls, uh, young people that uh, fit this threefold uh, position, this threefold attitude, this, uh, this place of great grace by being humble and broken and fearful of your word, knowing that everything that you say comes to pass and so we ask you bless us in these moments we have together we didn't come to hear from a man never do we've come to hear from almighty god so we ask you to do that great miracle that you do again and again and again and that is by your holy spirit interpret the word of god to who we are and where we live and uh, know that you have spoken clearly to us and so lord let him who has ears to hear Listen, in Jesus' name I pray, amen. And uh, I, uh, we almost had a uh, baby dedication today, or two, two babies today. Uh, it just didn't work out. Uh, as you know, the, the Reeves are in the process of uh, adopting, and uh, uh, they were in hopes that they could make it for that, but it, didn't, it just didn't work out. And uh, I, I was going to use, had already planned to use the idea, the concept of our forever family. Uh, you know, we do that with animals when we talk about adopting animals. Uh, we, uh, if you've ever watched any of those shows on, on television, they always talk about their forever family. And uh, when we talk about uh, foster care and then the potential of being adopted into the family when they are adopted we call them their what forever family well they're really not truly in the truest sense of the word forever family but we God's people are in a forever family amen and God wants us to know that. So it, it, it doesn't matter if you've been saved by grace, you're in the kingdom of God, you're one of his children, uh, it doesn't matter what church, uh, what pastor, uh, you're a part of God's great kingdom. So that as we talked about last week, we could, we could address God as our Father. And we're reminded of that when Jesus taught us how to pray, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And so we're talking about his kingship. When we talk about family, it's a concept that you and I don't get as Americans because we broke away from kings and queens, right? We, we, we left a, a culture that was steeped in uh, the concept of a uh, of a of a kingdom and we think in terms of yes family but we as Americans we hold one truth more precious than anything and it's the idea of freedom and yet when you come to kingdom there there isn't that idea of freedom is there you're under 
submission. You're in, under the authority of someone else. And you and I have to grasp that concept of what it means to be a child of God. He is our Father, uh, but He is also our King. And so I wanted to begin, I've divided the chapter into four pieces. Number one, uh, as our King, He provides fatherly watchfulness. Okay, when it says, heaven is my throne, earth is my footstool, uh, he's talking about his uh, immenseness, that God, when you, you can't measure God. You can't, you can't look at God and say, God is this big. Even the heavens cannot contain him. God is infinite in size. You know, we talk about, uh, I can remember as pastor in the, uh, when I was leading in vacation Bible school, that we used to sing a little old song that said, My God is so big, so strong and so mighty, there's nothing my God cannot do. You know, we, we sang that, yeah. Uh, did y'all sing? Y'all didn't sing that. Y'all sang that this past week? Oh, I didn't, yeah, yeah okay. Yes, no, okay. Uh, in the dorm room, okay. Uh, well, anyway, uh, you, you can't say my God is so big. And why is that? Because he's measureless. And, and so when he says, uh, heaven is my throne, earth is my footstool, he's, it's, a, it's a metaphor, it's a picture, it's an example for us to see. But uh, he's talking about God in his uh, immensity. Uh, kids, that's, the word immense means ginormous. Okay. <laughs> uh, God is more than more than big, okay? You, you cannot fathom who God is. But he is watchful. Notice what it says. He's looking for somebody. He's looking over us. And what's he looking over us for? Notice what it says. He's looking for someone who has got a humble uh, spirit, who, who uh, sees that in, in the eyes of God... Uh, we have no boasting to bring, no pride to bring, no, no arrogance. There's nothing about us. When we uh, quoted uh, the verse a moment ago about uh, uh, sin has created death, we are dead in our trespasses and sins. So, so there's nothing that you and I bring to the party but our sin. That's what we bring to God. And we bring to Him uh, that and he is the one that can cure us from that. So he says to the humble, to the contrite. And when we talk about contrition, we're talking about brokenness. We're talking about repentance. A, a heart that recognizes I have done wrong before a holy God. And, and I am sorry for my sin. And I turn to God in that brokenness. And then thirdly, it says he trembles at my word. And I've always asked myself that question. When was the last time I trembled at the Word of God? It's a good question because I dare say for most of us, we would probably say, I don't know that I've ever. I can't remember a time when I trembled at the Word of God. And yet that should be our attitude because everything that God says is true. But isn't it great? Though it says the earth is His footstool, in reality... Uh, one theologian I read said, uh, God's footstool is the mercy seat. And I kind of like that. God sits with his feet upon the mercy seat. He is ready to show mercy. So you and I have some stories in the Bible that show us God's fatherly watchfulness. Uh, we have the story of the prodigal uh, who went away. You remember, he took his inheritance and went away. And uh, he wasted away all that he had. And when he comes to brokenness and humility and contrition and repentance, uh, uh, he returns home. He is trembling at the word. And when he comes home, uh, what do we see from this man's father? And it's a story that, that gives us an understanding of who God is. What was the father doing? He was looking. He was looking for his son to come home. He was looking for the sinner to return. He was looking for the repentant heart. And God is always watching for repentance, brokenness, 
and humility uh, before God. David was a man who was egregious in his sin. I mean, it was a horrible sin of what he had done in his sin with Bathsheba and then against her husband and then his lies and then his hypocrisy and all that went on. And, and yet he is one that reminds us in Psalm 51, he says, you don't delight in sacrifice, speaking to the Father. You don't delight in sacrifices, uh, I'd give it. You're not pleased with burnt offerings. And then he says, this is what God's looking for. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit and a broken and contrite heart. Oh God, you will not despise. That's what God is looking for in uh, his fatherly watchfulness as it's pictured here in Isaiah. But then secondly uh, uh, is the faithful word. Our king gives us a faithful word. He doesn't lie. Uh, Everything he says uh, is true. You might remember back in Isaiah 55 and of course I skipped over so many wonderful passages uh, for us to do Isaiah in such a short period of time. And in Isaiah 55, thank goodness for the rain last night. Amen. Hallelujah. I mean, I, I notice everybody's dead grass this morning because all, all the green was green and all the dead was pitifully brown. You know, it was horrible looking. And what does God say about this? As the rain and the snow comes down from heaven and it does not return there, but what does it do? It waters the earth. It, it, it causes it to bring forth fruit, sprout. It gives seed to the sower and bread to the eater. And then what does he remind us? So shall my word be, which goes forth from my mouth. Every word that God speaks it says it will accomplish. It won't return empty. It will accomplish that to which I purpose it. And it will succeed in the thing for which I sent it. God's word is to be relied upon, believed, lived out, shared. When you and I talk about uh, the Lord to other people, it, it our testimony is great. It's great to tell somebody your story of coming to Christ, but the one thing they need to hear and the one thing they cannot get away from is the Word of God. And make sure that we are people who are doing what God's Word says. So it says in verse 5 of Isaiah 66, So hear the word of the Lord, you who tremble at His Word. And then he goes on to tell us, but, you know, all of these verses are uh, down through verse 14 are talking about God's people and the prosperity of God's people when uh, they do what God's word says, but also the persecution that comes when we are people of the word. Notice what it says, your brothers who hate you and cast you out for my name's sake, They have said, let the Lord be glorified that we may see your joy. But it is they who shall be put to shame. Now, don't take the verse out of context and don't take the chapter out of the context. Remember, these last four chapters are dealing with the the times of the Gentiles. The times where you and I are coming to faith in Christ. It doesn't mean Jew can't be saved. But, but these are the days when, when God has added to Israel the church. And we are his church being called out. And the world uh, uh, is uh, angry to see people come to faith in Christ. And uh, even the unbelieving uh, Jew is, the scripture says. And so there's this idea that... Uh, Verse 8 says, uh, can a land be born in one day? Uh, There are those who have interpreted that as uh, when uh, in 1947 Israel became a nation in one day. I I don't believe that's what he's talking about here. I believe what he's talking about here, can, can there become a people of God in one day? And the answer is absolutely. 
You know, when the scripture says in Psalm 118, this is the day that the Lord has made, I will rejoice and be glad in it. Do you know what day he's talking about? He's talking about the day that the builders rejected the cornerstone. And the day that the cornerstone was rejected was the day when the Son of God was crucified as the substitutionary atonement for our sin. The one who took our place, paid our debt, satisfied all of the demands of God's holiness and his wrath and his anger against sin and against sinners, and he was satisfied. And when you and I are privileged by him to call upon the name of the Lord and be saved and we're regenerated and born again, God is satisfied. He is satisfied because of his son. So can a, can a land be born in one day? Shall a nation be brought forth at one moment? And the answer is yes. Just like Zion was in labor, she brought forth her children. And you see, you were brought forth, if you are in Christ, you were brought, brought forth in time and in space on a certain day at a certain time. And I just happen to be one of those that can remember uh, exactly where I was and when it was and it was on July the 29th uh, 1971 off Japonica Lane in Mobile, Alabama and uh, it was a Thursday and it was probably around 8.15 in the evening and I, I just it was a glorious time it's a glorious time so uh, we, we have a king who has given to us a faithful word. But number three, uh, the text goes on, and in verses 15 through 17 of this chapter, he gives us a final warning. Now, you know, uh, Matthew referred to it a moment ago. Isn't it good that God spoke the truth to us? You know, it, it, amen? I mean, uh, it's hard to hear the wages of sin is death. There's a consequence for your sin. You're not getting by. You know, uh, I don't know if, uh, if this is just for people that are old like me now. Uh, I still have dreams that I go back to school. To high school. Or to even the elementary school. And there were classes that I didn't take. And I find out that I, I, I really don't have a diploma. I, I really didn't graduate. And I'm like, I gotta, you mean I got to go back and take? And for some odd reason, it's always English class that I didn't take. I just didn't show up for English. And those of you that know, you know it's my worst subject. And uh, it, it's, it's, it's kind of like that. And... Uh, you know, I'm glad that God lets us know. He doesn't wait and say, well, I'm going to pull a surprise on you. He has warned us. And notice what the warning is. Look, I want you to see how severe this warning is. For behold, the Lord will come in fire. And his chariots will be like the whirlwind. I don't know if you've ever seen volcanoes with uh, tornadoes in them and lightning. That's the idea behind this. It's, it's a terrible thing. Uh, he will render his anger in fury and his rebuke with flames of fire. For by fire will the Lord enter into, look at this word, judgment. God is love. He is. But there's another side to that coin and he is a God of holiness. And there's judgment and by his sword will with all flesh and those slain by the Lord shall be not a few, but what does it say? Many. There's a warning that God is giving here as he is concluding the whole book of Isaiah. And he's telling what life is like under a secular authority as he begins the story. And then he talks about how we're to live under God's grace and how we're to live out of that. And then we, we, we know it's because of the suffering servant, Jesus Christ. He tells us why all of this is possible. And now we come to the end of the book and he's saying, you, you better wake up. And, and you better be a part of helping 
wake up other people because there is a, there is a judgment day coming. Hebrews uh, 10.31 says, It's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Now, um, I'm, it's almost time. I, let me digress for just a second. I just realized I set the clock and apparently I set it wrong because it says it's 12. Did somebody do that to get me out of here or did I set it wrong? Okay. Okay. It's, it's really time. It's time to go home. Uh, anyway, uh, I, I didn't quite... F- I, I, when I was growing up as a kid, I feared my dad's rebuke. I did not fear my dad's whipping. Dad rarely whipped me. And that was back in the day, you know, when that was the right thing to do. And, and dad didn't. But I'm going to tell you, if you wanted to put terror in my eyes and in my heart, say, Mama is going to give you a whipping. Yeah, my sweet mama, my 98-year-old sweet mother, who thankfully will not listen to this, Mama always took, when she whipped me, she always got a real thin little switch. Couldn't do any damage to you, but it stung like a bee. And she'd take me to the bathroom and make me stand in the bathtub and drop my pants so she could expose the little tender part on the back side of your thigh. Ooh! Man, was it a horrible thing for Mama to get a hold of you. Now, she says today she never whipped me. She also says she never put Tabasco sauce on our tongues when we talked back to her, but she did that as well. Woo! It's a fearful thing to fall in the hands of the living God. You cannot take the sting out of sin, sin kills. It destroys. It ruins families. It ruins lives. It is not to be dealt with lightly. And all you have to do is look at the cross and you see how the Father dealt with sin. So uh, there is a promise that's given to us in Second Peter chapter 3. We studied through Second Peter a couple, of month, a couple of years ago. It says, don't overlook this one fact, beloved. That with the Lord one day is like a thousand and a thousand years, like a thousand years, and a thousand years is as one day. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise as some count slowness. Don't, don't think because God hasn't come and put an end to the war in Ukraine that God doesn't hold justice as high quality of his holiness. He does. There is a payday someday. There is a payday coming, and that's what he says. But you know that he is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. And know this, the day of the Lord. The judgment day of the Lord is it's going to come like a thief. And when it does, everything that you and I see right now is going to change in a moment in a twinkling of an eye it's going to happen it says the heavens will pass away with a roar you know I, I realize if you, if you wake up sometime and uh, uh, everybody in the house is gone I'm sure you've never had this thought wonder if God came and got his church and he left me here ever had that thought yeah, I, I used to And guess what? It won't be like that. When God comes to put an end to this world, it's going to be so obvious. When you talk about colors and looking at the beautiful colors, you and I are going to see something. You know how much the light spectrum that we see with our eyes? I mean, you you could take the light spectrum and start on that side of the room and go on this side of the room, and what we can see is just a little bit sliver of it. And one day God's going to open all of that. Man, is it going to be an exciting day. What a wonderful, glorious day it will be. And then lastly, 
And I wanted to conclude with this. This king has forever worshipers. Forever worshipers. That's what he calls into his kingdom. People are going to worship him forever. Notice what it says. Verse 18. I know their works and their thoughts. And the time is coming to gather all nations and tongues. And they shall come together and see my glory. They're going to come together and see my glory. And then in verse 19, at the end of it, it says, And they shall do what? Declare my glory. They're going to see my glory. They're going to declare my glory among the nations. And they shall bring all your brothers from all the nations as an offering to the Lord. And then he tells us why. Verse 22. There's going to be new heavens and a new earth that I make. And they shall remain before me. They won't be like this one. You know, you're not going to grow weeds. You're not going to have pain. There's no having to work out in this humidity. Amen. You know, it's not going to be. And all flesh, verse 23, it says, will come to worship before me. Now, all the unbelievers are pardoned off. In a place called hell. And so when he's talking about uh, uh, who's coming to worship him, he's talking about his children. There'll be no thought. There'll be no more memory. You won't won't remember bad Uncle Bob who who did not trust Christ and his great grace. Okay? You're not going to remember him. Okay? It's just not going to happen. What you're going to remember is the grace of God. What Christ has done and you will be a worshiper uh, of him forever. And notice he clarifies this. Verse 24. And they shall go out and look on the dead bodies of men who have rebelled against me. Now I realize kiddos this is, this is not politically correct. You know you're, you're being taught you can't say things like this. But the reality is. Sin is a serious thing. And what Christ has done on the cross of Calvary is the most glorious thing that you and I will ever see. So the Revelation says in the four living creatures, each one of them had six wings. They were full of eyes all around and within and day and night. They never ceased to say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is, and is to come. And then every living creature will give glory and honor and thanks to him who is seated on the throne and uh, who lives forever and ever. Even the 24 elders will come and fall down before him who is seated on the throne and they will worship him who lives forever and ever. And they they cast their crowns before the throne and they say, Worthy is... The, the Lord. Worthy are you, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will ex- they existed and they were created. So, this is what our ultimate end is. So, I'm telling you what, if we ever have a choir back again, everybody ought to be in the choir. A- actually, I'm telling you, if you're in Christ, you're in the choir. Right now. Okay? I watched some of you. I can say this now. I've watched some of you over the years when we sing, you sit there with your mouth closed. Now, I know you're trying to be nice to the rest of us who have to listen to you. Okay? Open your mouth. Sing the words. Give glory to God, worshiping Him. Now, I'm sure all of you uh, have read the Chronicles of Narnia, right? Everybody has. Of course, everybody has. And you're familiar with Reepicheep, right? The little mouse, you know? He's got his little sword. Boy, has he got an attitude, right? Well, it's in the voyage of the Dawn Trader that uh, he, he has the opportunity to go to Aslan's land. Aslan's land is heaven and he's on the water he's in a little boat he's on the water and he he gets to this 
remember it's like it's water's going up well, at least it is in the movie I don't know what it's like uh, you know in uh, the book because I, I don't think I can read uh, anyway Reepicheep is coming to Aslan's land okay and uh, when he got to this point all of a sudden there was silence there was silence and Reepicheep kept looking into Aslan's eyes and there were those eyes that said, I love you. And it's said in the book, he doesn't remember how long he stood there. It could have been five minutes. It could have been five years. Time has a way, he said, of slowing down in Aslan's land. To behold the beauty of the Lord. To behold the beauty of the Lord. There he is. And this is... What Aslan says to him, welcome to my country, humble one. Here, neither what's now nor what's to come, neither tail or anvil. These were enemies of Repichit, things for him to be afraid of. Neither depth, and especially in your case, nor height, because <laughs> he was a little mouse, Okay, can separate you from my love. So arise. Arise, my son, for you have wept your last tear. And for that I now christen you anew. You're not Reepy Cheap anymore. You know what his new name is? Cheery Peep. Okay? Cheery Peep. I christen you Cheery Peep for where we are there is no more crying. Amen? Are you in Christ? Have you come to repent of the sin that we're all guilty of? Rebellion against the holy God. And all that He is. And we have maybe not physically done it, but in our heart, the attitude has been a rebellious fist in the face of God's offer of His Son. Every time we have said no to the lovely, lovely Savior, Jesus Christ. And there has to come this moment of brokenness, of humility, contrite in heart. And coming, bowing before Him in repentance... And faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's the way to be in Christ. Can you hear your Savior calling? If you can hear your Savior calling, then come, run to Jesus. Run into Christ. Find in Him His loving kindness. Find in Him His mercy. Find in Him one who would take a soul and make it to be his and a joint heir with Jesus Christ for now and for all eternity. And one day we'll gather again before that throne and there will be no more tears and we'll be forever worshipers before a holy God. Let's bow together in prayer. Father, we do come to this moment thanking you for the promises you've given us. You, your, your word is faithful. Uh, no matter what skeptic may come along and say, God's, God doesn't exist. Lord, you proved yourself by coming into this world and the, the word became flesh and he dwelt among us and he was seen. His glory was looked upon, and he was full of grace and truth. And thank you that you have come to so many of us who are sitting in this building, and you have called us to be your children. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, and no one shall snatch them out of my Father's hand. Thank you that you have become our 
king, not only our father, what a precious truth that is, but our king who is going to guard us in your kingdom forever. And Lord, it is to you that we yield our hearts right now. And I pray, the Lord, if there be in this moment a calling from Christ to a soul, that this would be the moment of their new birth, of their being born again, of the Spirit of God. And we will give glory to your name, for you are mighty to save. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you.